Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. I'm Genesis, the girl who has an apology to make in the mid-break, but it's not about making the listeners cry last week. That's Thane's fault, not mine. Yeah, stupid Thane. So sad. (laughs) Just kidding. I love Thane. And I'm Bravada, the girl whose goal is to make everyone cry every episode because I love drama. Followed by the third host of the show, Alcohol, of which I have beer tonight. I drank my wine already. Mm. Double chocolate stout Yay. from Rogue. Ah, cheers. <laughs> I got a 64-ounce water bottle. <laughs> Does that count? Mostly full still because I'm dehydrated. Well, tonight is another special episode. It is our monthly Patreon chat, and we have some new faces for tonight. Uh, joining us for the first time tonight is Commander Shanko. You want to say hi? Hey, everyone. Uh, Commander Shanko, a longtime Mass Effect nerd and first-time patron chatting. Mm-hmm. Also pop- Lucifer. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Lucifer the Snake is also present. And so is the Thane body pillow and a Caden Alenko pillow and an N7 hoodie. Yes. Oh, and the watch. She's totally decked out, you guys. Love it. And Apollo, our number one chatter, is here tonight. Hello, how's it going? Now, you missed an episode a couple weeks ago because you were at a concert. How did that go? I completely forgot to ask you. It it, it went great. Casey Casey Musgraves is always great. I was... Not sure how it was going to be. She was only going to play her new stuff, but she played one song and she was like, this one goes out to all you day oneers," and I'm a day oneer, So that was kind of nice. Love that. I'm a day oneer with Lady Gaga. That's like the one artist I've followed since she started. And then another new face. Meiji Moose is here. How you doing? Thank you for having me. A uh, long time listener, first time caller. Uh, interesting note, Commander Shanko's uh, snake is uh, named Lucifer, and uh, I actually am Lucifer, so that's a nice coincidence there. Mm. The actual Prince of Darkness is is joined for the chat. So. It's fantastic. The uh, other Prince of Darkness eat dead rats. Yes. 
And you can watch it do it live on twitch.tv slash Meiji Moose. <laughs> um, hmm. Trying to think. I once wrote a really detailed fanfic of Lucifer and an OC character that I made. But I don't think we'll get into that tonight. Tonight, we are here to talk about our favorite platonic bromance or bestie relationships in any video game how should we start tonight may i may um, i suggest something yeah yeah i would love to hear commander shanko's uh picks because i just i love your name so much i love it so much the first time that i saw i think it was maybe on twitter or, i don't know on youtube or something and i was like that's a great name so i'm excited to hear sort of what you picked Oh, geez. Well, I, I put it on the Discord earlier. I have like a literal document sitting on my laptop because I'm an actual crazy person uh, and I like to be prepared. Um, most of them are Mass Effect related because I joined the Discord based off the Mass Effect lore cast and that's how I ended up here. But uh, anyway, so I guess one of my top picks, and I don't know if it's a popular one or not, uh, is Cortez and Female Shepherd. Oh. So that was one of the ones that came to mind first, just because I feel like when you take out the possibility of the romance aspect, it opens up a lot of doors for actual friendship um, and just their interactions together. It's so wholesome and so sweet, especially just like helping him get through his story arc. Um, and the fact of the matter is like, if you don't become friends with him, he will actually die. So adds the more pressure, I guess. Yeah. I always liked being friends with him over romancing him just because it feels a little rushed. Like his husband just died. And then you kind of feel, I feel like it's a rebound relationship if you romance him. But if you're, if you're a friend, it's just nice. I love, I love the scene in the Citadel DLC when he's showing you what it's like to drive without the, um, mm -hmm. like, what's, what are they called? Where the they inertial produce... dampeners. Yeah. Inertial dampeners. There we go. That scene's always so cute with Femshep as a bestie. I really love that one. No, Jennifer Hale killed it. You can tell that she wanted to show that fondness between the characters. There's also... Shepard doesn't touch a lot of the squad mates. And specifically, since you brought it, like, Femshep and, and Steve, I can see it in my head, that scene, um, when he's standing in front of the wall... And it is a paragon interrupt that you have to hit, but just the reaching out and giving a physical support, I am here for you and I am going to physically show you that I am here. I'm at your back. I think one of the only other times you see that is during Tally's loyalty mission with the paragon interrupt, you can mm -hmm. choose to hug her and like renegade or paragon. I always, I always take that action. Mm-hmm. Other than, like, romance interrupts, I can't really think of any other times when Shepard physically interact. Well, I mean, picking up Caden because he's died three times doesn't count. Handling the assets. Yes. I just like how they also portrayed a good, healthy, like, male-female friendship. I, I mean, I know Cortez is gay, but we don't see a lot of platonic cross-gender friendships and i have plenty of those in my life so i like seeing them reflected in the media i consume everyone needs a gbf <laughs> this is true <laughs> yeah 
Everyone just needs more affectionate touches with friends, too. Yeah. Apollo, what about you? I'm going to stay in the Mass Effect world, of course. But I'm going to go with what might be a stereotypical pick, but it is my favorite platonic relationship, and that is Liara with the male shepherd. Because I think it is like, even as a friend, there's intimacy. Like, I don't feel like you get intimacy from friend- in friendships in games very much. Just the way Liara will hug you and... I mean, I'm always going to come back to the end of the at the end of Mass Effect Three, where you get into her memories and she just puts her head gently on your shoulder, even as a friend. I mean, that's just it's a level of intimacy that I just don't think I've seen in another platonic relationship in a game, and I really, really like it. Like there are scenes with Liara as a friend where I just want to stay. Like I don't want the scene to end because it's just like this is perfect. And I just want to stay in the scene. And, like, I'm sad when it ends because I just want to, like, can I just go back? Can I replay it? Because mm-hmm. I, I think it's just so great to me. There are, I think I've only done one, maybe two playthroughs where I haven't romanced Liara in the first game. So she's always very affectionate in the second and third games until you shut her down completely. But the final scene in me3 that one it really it is one of those physical intimacy moments between two friends and i even appreciate because in mass effect 2 when you bring her up to the when you bring her up to the normie and she returns her dog tags and all that she like she asks how you're doing but she's basically says don't tell me what you tell the crew tell me how you're really doing like Mm -hmm. she goes deeper she's not she's not just saying hey how's it going like she goes deeper than anybody else does and it's just i don't know like they have a closeness that i don't feel with another character in a platonic relationship Mm -hmm. she's always the one that'll come and wait for you outside of the bathroom going what are you doing in there you know are you standing in the shower crying again because I know that's what you're doing, Shepard. Come out here and talk to me. Plus, you're alive because of her. That was purely friendship, too. Only because they made that a canon storyline. So I assume that's the standard is the friendship, not necessarily the romance. Now I'm trying to think of like fun little things Shepard and Liara would do as besties. I think they would be platonic best friends who would just cuddle and watch movies. And you don't get that a lot. Liara would hold your hair back if you were drunk. <laughs> you wouldn't uh, have to return the favor, though. That is a damn good point. That is a damn good point. Can Asari get drunk? That's that's a path I don't know how to walk right now. Um, I think doesn't Liara, Liara has a couple drinks during the Citadel DLC, right? Or am I wrong hmm. about that? I think there's a lore bit where if you're biotic, you don't get a hangover, but I think you can still get drunk. Well, okay. Biotics just, they just have their cake and eat it too, huh? Yeah. What the hell? Oh, I highly suggest watching a the Citadel Jack romance wake up scene. It's the only time I've been like, bitch, I hate you. <laughs> she gets completely shit faced and then wakes up the next morning and it's like good morning and shepherd's like uh 
you don't even have a hangover? She's like, nope. Biotics make everything the best. If you go downstairs, her and Jacob are just working out while mm-hmm. everyone else is still, like, plastered. Now, is there an achievement in that little part where if you let her, if you do enough pull-ups or anything, do you get anything? Or will it just let, or will it eventually stop you? No. You just get immense satisfaction. Nothing happens. Vega never brings it up again. And then, uh, you don't get an achievement for it either. Okay, then I'm glad I stopped at, like, 30 the last time. Because, uh, I'm glad. I've done it once. Once, that's enough. So am I the mentally ill one because I've played Citadel like 10 times and I do it every time? I wouldn't call it the mentally ill one. I just call it the person who likes to watch the same scenes over and over again. Speaking as somebody who has watched scenes over and over and over again, I get it. I would let Liara play piano for 30 minutes if she would keep going. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah, her song's too short, even on the soundtrack. I'm like, why? Make it longer. I've heard um, that somebody is trying to record a full version of it, if he ever decides to freaking put it out. Come on, Pipe Man, put it out. Wink, wink. <laughs> All right, Meiji, what you got? Who's your bestie? Um, I got a couple... Uh... A couple, uh, a couple submissions here. Um, those were both really, really good. Um, I want to quickly note about the um, the Citadel DLC and the pull-up scene that um, the last time that I, I played through the series, it's like every time I get to the Citadel DLC, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do the stupid pull-up scene. And then I end up doing it just to kind of like, just see how long I can last and see if, uh, if I can beat, uh, is it Jacob's, uh, uh, you know, his record that he's set? Vega. Um, it, it's Vega, okay. The thing that stops me from doing it every time is that, because you know how if you do the Paragon option or the Renegade option, they have, like, specific sound cues. Like, you hit the Paragon thing, and it's like... And then you hit the Renegade one, and it's like... Like, mm-hmm. they have specific sound cues. And just that sound alone of hitting those specific cues make me be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Let's stop the Reaper invasion. <laughs> like, let's just get right to it. Anyway, <laughs> that's just my gripe. Um, I wanted to say that one of my favorite um, sort of platonic um, friendships, I guess you could say, no one can forget. I, I thought that Commander Shenka was going to say this during their uh, specific uh, sort of notation of this, but Steve Cortez and James Vega are the cutest motherfuckers in the... Are we allowed to curse on this? Yes. Abso-fucking-lutely. They're so cute. Mm -hmm. They're just so cute. They're banter. I literally look forward to it. Anytime you go down to the shuttle bay in Mass Effect 3, I'm just like, I wonder what Vega... Old Vega and Cortez are uh, are chatting about this time as I head down the elevator. I love them so much. I think it's adorable. I don't know if maybe you guys were thinking of specific uh, to player and npc platonic friendships i guess this would be npc and npc um platonic friendship but man they're just they're just the besties i love them so much yo esteban every time i'm like oh something good about to talk no and i totally agree i think that they are absolutely adorable 
um, you know, talking about the damsel in distress line is one of my favorites from them. Uh, when you know I love me a damsel in distress, Vega. Or is it Jimmy? What does he call him? Mr. Vega. That's right. It's Mr. Vega and Esteban. And I've actually come to, um, for like years, I thought Vega was just the most boring character. I just hated him so much. I was like, I really hate when, even in like movies or anything, when they get to sort of the end of the series and they just throw in a character and they're like, here you go. Here's a new person you're supposed to care about. And, you know, like, I, I don't know. It's just kind of a personal pet peeve, I guess you could say. But in in recent years, I've come to to quite enjoy Vega a lot. I think he's actually a lot deeper of a character than I guess I had originally sort of had the insight for. Mm-hmm. Um, his whole arc of just sort of like, uh, you know, co- uh, coming up, especially if you read the graphic novels, him sort of being raised by this drug addict and like, having to get this guy drugs and stuff while he's living. And I think San Diego is where he's from, right? Or maybe San Jose or San Diego, but um, somewhere in California and just the arc man of, 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 uh, of being this guy who's, who's like shaking people down and then making it to where he's an N seven candidate um, by the end of mass effect three is just like, it's just so good. The writing is so good. I don't think I need to tell you guys that <laughs> mass effects writers are amazing, but they really are. Oh, it is. Um, I, too, had some issues with Vega, but then I really, really started to like him. I think it was like on my first playthrough, I was like, I can't care about you yet because I want to get through my first playthrough. But then like second, third, fourth, all of them, I've been like, I like you. Not only are you, I have friends like Vega. I am like Vega. (laughs) So I identify with him. Um, So spoiler alert, I also have a Vega story, but I think we can get to that after the mid break. I was going to say, I hate Vega too. (laughs) I I still kind of do, honestly, but it's fine. Only because of the military aspect. Like, God, he is... I Until I found out that Femme Shep, like, sexually assaults him, I hated how sexually harassy he was of Femme Shep. Like, as a military person, like, he's her subordinate. And it's just super unprofessional. But I'm also like, it's the Normandy. Like, nobody's professional at all. So I guess it's fine. I can suspend my disbelief. But that behavior definitely... I, I like to shut him down. Because I'm like, stop. Don't call me Lola. Don't... Mm-mm your commanding officer bitch it, it does but, feel no, vaguely he's insulting, a cute character it? It, yeah i think that's why it's just like he's all flirty he's like i'm hot and buff and i'm gonna give you a cute little nickname and i'm gonna get away with it because i got a dick and i'm like no you're not no you're not that's how i reacted to it when i first saw it but i don't think you necessarily means it that way but um i also don't care because i'm his commanding officer And then you're like, you're Fred from the Scooby-Doo movie. You shut up. I know, right? (laughs) Also, Iron Bull. Shut up, (laughs) Freddie Prince Jr. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, we love Freddie Prince Jr. Come on our show. (laughs) (laughs) Can I quickly say, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I just want to quickly say that, like, I know these episodes are are kind of, I guess, for you guys to thank the patrons or whatever, but I really just want to take the time to say thank you to you two for really just like you guys just put in so much work into these episodes. And I know that just like time is this precious resource 
and you guys devote it to sort of giving us some some excellent content. And I want to specifically say that Vervada, your uh, I guess insight as a as a you know former member of the armed services is very very I guess rare I guess you could say amongst podcasters of this ilk. So it's it's cool insight to have for for these episodes. Well, thanks. <laughs> I mean, I was uh, I was in like the baby military because I was intel in the navy. I don't. Uh, there's baby lots of military. Who, yeah, there's lots of people just, who'd be like, "You weren't in the military. You sat at a desk all day." Just yeah, toddlers running around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> I. It's all right. really a lot of work. We Vervada. love patrons for that. Is that? Is I want going to mid break now. No, no, no. I want you oh. to take a compliment and not immediately self-deprecate yourself. Oh yeah, no, that's my <laughs> that's my mo. Have you met me? Yeah, <laughs> I don't take compliments. <laughs> no, but thank no, but really, thank you. It is a lot of work. Like it's practically a part-time job, which is just a passion project. Which maybe someday, aside from like right now, we we at least break even <laughs> with the patrons with you guys thank you but yeah no it's all it's a lot of work especially for us folks <laughs> the two of us have full-time jobs outside of this but um we do our best and so far it seems that the people who do listen enjoy it which is what makes it worth it to me because um, I, I it's nice to know that other people <laughs> think about this stuff in such a detailed nerdy way as we do <laughs> we're not like freaks out here just being like wait but sex with alien is good right i was like i am the freak out here yes (laughs) also yeah that's your purview mine is like (laughs) i thought you were gonna call me a pervert (laughs) no (laughs) your perverted purview (laughs) i always love because that's usually when you say like oh i'm into mass effect like if people even know what that is the first thing they're like is that the game where you where you fuck aliens and you're just like yeah I thought that was a selling point. Yes. Yeah. I know. If that's not what they say, if they've played it, then they go, who did you romance? Mm-hmm. So, like, people might think this isn't a big deal, but it is. We all love love. It's like human connection. That's what makes us social animals. But, oh, yeah. I mean, you can thank the patrons properly if you want, Jen. I, I'm, that's why she does it, because uh, your girl's awkward. <laughs> As if I'm not. But yes, we do have a couple people to thank and a new review to read out so we can get into that. And this is where I make my formal apology. Brad, even though I told you I was going to read this out on Thane, I got completely distracted by the tears and the hardship and just the everything that I completely skipped over the review. But now I'll read it out now. So this was a five-star review that we got on iTunes, um, and it is titled A Fabulous Show in an Underserved Area. This show is great in several different ways. First, the hosts have a ton of chemistry and are clearly having a blast. That's contagious, too, because it helps get guests in the mood, and that keeps everything popping. And pop it does. There are a lot of romances in video games across the genre spectrum, but there's surprisingly little discussion of them. This show more than makes up for that with the dearth of content because they dive deep and do so in a way that's both fresh and fun. Bringing a female perspective to the video games generally 
and to the romances in them specifically is also something that sets this show apart. But that doesn't matter if the hosts of the show don't execute for whatever reason. That's not the case here, though. The two girls knock it out of the park every single time. Mr. Furious, aka Brad, aka the brains behind the Once Upon a Wasteland podcast. So thank you, Brad. Love and appreciate you, kitten. Hmm. Well worded as usual. Mm-hmm. Brad is a wordsmith for sure. Yes. Thank you, Brad. And if you're not listening to Once Upon a Wasteland, the hell are you doing? It's really good. Even like I've never played Fallout and I don't get I know, don't you seem shocked every time that I've told you I've every never played time. Okay, here's why. I have thought about this so much lately, because I'm like, what is this girl who literally until I feel like this is my interpretation of you getting to know you through this podcast is until Legendary Edition came into your life, you were the MMO player. Mm -hmm. And now like these narratively driven RPG stories with romance in them have like taken over your life, but you're trying to catch up and like play them all. And I'm like, you literally, it made such an impact on you that you started a podcast with me about it, but you haven't played almost all of the games that have romance in them. You have played one of the best ones and now you're doing Dragon Age. Like Bioware, obviously we've established they're the, the foundation basically, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like always amazed at how like it, it's how great that game is that it literally drove you to make a podcast about game romances and you only experienced Garrus at that point when you <laughs> wanted to do that. So it's it's beyond because for me, like all these games I've been playing for years. So obviously when you asked me, I was like, hell yeah, like I will definitely do that with you. But then when I found out you hadn't played any of these other games, I was like, damn, Garrus, look what you've done. You're just so good that you created a podcast. The original idea from it started because Sam, love you, you know this. He said, uh, when talking about the Turians, was like, oh, and there is a Turian romance option, but I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. And I was like, I, I, I want to touch that. I, I, my pole is nowhere near 10 feet long, and I still want to touch that. And I was like, well, shit, maybe, maybe I can do that. Maybe I can write like a little blurb about each of these romances and submit it to the guys so that way it can be a mid-break uh, portion of the show. And then I was like, Hmm. What if I actually did my own little like 30 minute breakdown of each of the romances? And then I was like, well, actually, there's a lot to it. Because then I typed it all out. And there are 41 different combinations between a male shepherd and a female shepherd romancing all the way one, two, three. There's a lot of different ways that each of the romances can play out. And so I was like 41 episodes. That's an entire podcast show. And then I was like, but I don't want to write 41 episodes by myself or else this is never going to fucking happen. So then I was like, hey, V, you said that you like Garrus too. <laughs> want to make a podcast? And then, ta-da! A baby was born. <laughs> I never intended, I never thought that it would go beyond Mass Effect. That's so, the fact that we've branched out and broadened my horizons we're starting to branch out. I am the only one here who did not pick a Mass Effect bromance. I know that now. Oh. No, we have to talk about you. You can go first because yours is also Mass Effect. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I'll branch us out in this episode. <laughs> I have one other thing to go over, and that, of course, is shouting out our lovely patrons, um, most of which are here tonight. But Toasty, who did message me ahead of time saying that he wasn't able to make it tonight, you're always right here, bro. In beast mode. Apollo, as always, Meiji Moose, and Commander Shanko. Seriously, I think we love you just as much, if not more, than you love us. Um, okay. Thank you, thank you. Back into the actual show. Here we go. So I did pick a Mass Effect bromance because I had to. I was try. I really was trying to think of, like, other buddy cops or things like that that I've played through and I was just like, you know what? No, it's got to be Garrus Vicarian and James Vega. Because I did a playthrough of Mass Effect 3 a little while ago where I brought the two of them with me everywhere I could. After they established their little friendship on Mayne, I wanted to keep my little crew around. And having three people running around with typhoons? Dude, game over. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Uh, one thing that I noticed about them is that their battle banter interacts with each other. I can't really think of any other characters where they talk to each other in battle. Yeah, they will talk to Shepard and things like that. But unique battle banter back and forth between the two squaddies. I couldn't really think of any other characters that did that. There's also the scene outside of the main battery. They talk about past experiences fighting. They talked about the respect that they have for Shepard. And they laughed about some outlandish exaggerations. And at the end, Garrus calls him Jimmy. And that shows they've had other conversations. Because nobody, especially an alien, is going to think, Oh, Jimmy must be a nickname for James. So that means that Vega had to tell him that. And I can hear it in my head. Yeah, Scars. My friends back at home call me Jimmy. So, Vega teaches Garrus some more Earthborn idioms. And it's just adorable. Then, there's the Citadel date. We'll get into that down the road and the deep dive. But Vega is there at the bar when Femship and a romanced Garrus are on their date. In my mind... It's because Jimmy is looking out for his boy and making sure that his game is on point. And it totally is. Then one of the final Garrus lines in the game talks about James. He says James taught him another Earth saying. And I'm not crying tonight, so I won't get into it. But it's even more proof that they became really close during their time on the Normandy. But I want you to cry. No. <laughs> I, want, I want everyone to cry. <laughs> Thinking about that line. <laughs> May you be in heaven half an hour before the devil knows you're dead. Is that the one you're thinking about? Or forgive the insubordination, but your boyfriend has an order for you. That one's a good one, too. That is. Come back but... alive. <laughs> that's, not, that's not about Jimmy. <laughs> I know it's oh. not about Jimmy. But yes. I know. The scene in the Citadel DLC where they're tangoing and if you do the I think it's a Paragon interrupt or maybe it's a Renegade interrupt and you can spin out of Garrus's arms for a second and you get right into Vega's face and he's like mm 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 and like when I first saw that I was like get your bitch ass out of my face Vega 
no, stop sexually harassing me when I'm dancing with my man. And then my friend Eileen, my best friend Eileen, she was like, no, my headcanon is that Vega taught Garrus how to tango. And he's just saying like, wow, good job. And I was like, okay, that's cuter. I don't want to be mad at him. I'm already mad at enough of him. So I like that version better. So I'm going to give that credit to her. She's the one who told me that. And yeah, I like that scene a lot better now <laughs> when Vega's there. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense, too, because why would Gareth know a tango otherwise? Right. I'm going to stand here in defense of Vega. Like, I, there is so much hatred towards him that I, I just don't get it. If Okay, if Lola or Loco was the only... Ni- Sorry, I just punched my cat. <laughs> if that was the only nickname used out of the entire game then yeah, it would make it first. It would make it worse. But he gives Garrus a nickname. He gives Tally a nickname. He gives Steve a nickname. And I think there was like one, maybe two other ones. Oh, uh, Liara has a name. And then I think there was, I think there was five. And so if I was the only one, then it would make it a little bit creepy. But it's not. And he knows when to turn it off. Especially at the end of the game when he's like, he's talking to you as commander. And it's like, no, bring bring back Vega. And she's like, what happened to Lola? And then he's like, you know what, you're right. I need to bring me back. I need Vega here, not Mr. Future N7. I don't know why I'm getting so My fired problem up with about him it. It's not the nickname. It's it's like the combination of things. Like he'll comment on your appearance and stuff. And it's quite hypocritical of me because my shepherd dates a subordinate to with Garrus. I get it. Like technically he's part of the crew. She's the CO. It's all fraternization. But for some reason I hold him to a higher standard because he's part of the same military. He's a human, part of the Alliance Navy. And I'm just like, mm, you are very unprofessional, sir. I don't like it, but that's, I has nothing against him as a person. It's just as a military person. That's all. I didn't like that. I thought they, I mean, but that's kind of like a larger argument about how there are certain characters where they kind of force you to flirt, like with Jacob and Femshep and two, where it feels, it feels wrong. Like, I don't want it to come off like that. And it kind of felt like that with Vega when he's interacting with you, your first interactions are always like, he's super flirty. He's like looking you up and down. And it's just, it's so overt and gross. And I'm just like, God, no, nobody's going to do the standards change in 2185, 2186. Like, cause I wouldn't fly today and it might happen, but you can get them in trouble. Kind of. Look- we're not, we're not in a good place with today's military either, but I'm just saying <laughs> it's usually a little more subtle than that. I don't know. I come at it with a look all you want, stare all you want, flirt all you want. But the second that I say no, you back off. And that's what happens. So I don't see it as an issue. And I, know, but... I can't think of any time when he's actually in battle or is actually in soldier mode that he flirts. It's only in downtime when you come to his bedroom. He sleeps in the cargo hold. Mm hmm gross um my thing is is um i I will repeat what many a chief and petty officer have told me when i was in the navy do you see a time clock anywhere no he's always on duty he is never just james vega when he's on that ship he is literally deployed at that point like he is afloat he is always professional like well also my military background and my 
one-time HR background just dislikes that very much. But it's fine because it's a video game and they're not actually at a job and everyone's fraternizing with each other anyway. Like, that's just Normandy, like the SS orgy. So <laughs> I guess it's fine. But if this were real life, I would have a big old problem with James Vega and other people. But, you know, James Vega, he's very overt about it. He's very flirty and forward and... I will give him credit, though, because if you shut him down, he doesn't do it anymore. So there's a good example there of that, of like, no, you made it clear. Okay, I will respect that boundary. They did do that well with him. I, I have to provide a counterpoint here. I, I can't I can't hold it in any longer. I agree with just about everything you just said, Ravada. Oh, just no. about everything, but I have one thing to say. They're both a oh, fuck. Your mic personnel. Is... Hold on. But Shepard's a goddamn specter. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, well, Vega is not a specter. So he is, I, I guess this is me, like I said, military I background dying? speaking. Is my internet dying? Yeah, yeah. I think the internet was kind of dying. My, my military background is just cringing at the blurry chain of command. That's all. Hmm. No, and I get that. Isn't he... I feel like at the end of the comics, it's almost implied that he's sent to the Normandy to kind of keep an eye on Shepard because after the events of Mass Effect 2 where he is with Cerberus and all that, I feel like Vega is almost put in this weird position where he's got to test Shepard and just kind of try him or her out. Because like, isn't that how it kind of ends in the comics where he kind of, where Anderson is like, let me tell you, I got a mission for you. I need you to go do something. And it's like, I kind of feel like it's implied, like he's there to test out Shepard and try her Anderson out, try him is, out. Anderson literally uh, assigns Vega to to guard Shepard's like cell or where wherever they're being held, uh, to, like guard them. Hmm. Yeah, and that could have happened. Uh, like I said, it's I'm going too deep on this because it's just my thoughts as someone who was once in the military but i mean it's fine even if he had like a temporary duty to guard shepherd while they were in the brig cool but now he's got new orders he's stationed on normandy so i don't know if he's stationed there as like a spy or something but either way he's there to do his job and even on time off everyone's going to be a little bit unprofessional that happens all the time like on deployments and stuff i just i just think it's gross as because when i when i heard that all i heard was oh great another man in the military harassing a woman in in the military that's all i heard so i just immediately disliked it it makes sense for the character sure but like i was like god damn it of course you know like we gotta have that in there but like i said unlike some men in the military he listened when you said please don't say that to me so good job vega for respecting boundaries at, so at a point, <laughs> as you should do. You know what we need more of on Two Girls One Ship is more debates. We need we need one we need something where Vervada and Genesis completely disagree, and the whole episode is them just just going at it. Mm, no, it's I'm. A, mm, we usually agree on everything. I feel like <laughs> we've had one disagreement so far, and that's about it. But. No, I think we, we've had one minor disagreement. And even in this, it's not like I really have a stake in the game. It's just, I like flirtatious men. 
And so for somebody who that I know is never going to get anything out of me to be flirting with me, I'm all for it. But I didn't serve in the military, so I don't have that barrier there. I forget half the time. That's why it's hard. Like we, you, that's what's scary about flirting like that, especially in the workplace, because you're like, I don't know how that person has received stuff like this in the past before or what kind of experience they may be bringing. It might be perfectly innocent, but the other person might have had experience. Like I was harassed in the military plenty of times. So like when I saw that, I was, I'm, I don't want to use the word triggered because I don't have like a complex or anything about it, but it reminded me of those times and it made me feel unsafe again. I was like, if I were Shepard, I would immediately feel unsafe. Like that's some bullshit right there. How dare he speak to her like that? But maybe if someone hadn't had those experiences, they would hear it for like the innocent complimentary flirting that it was. And who knows what his intentions were, but that's what's hard about it is that you have no idea what the other person has experienced. So you're not, you're not always sure how they're going to receive something. Yeah. No, 100%. And I, I don't want to make this the James Vega hour or anything, but I definitely do see that, like, it could be super uh, bad to have somebody who's having that sort of, like, interaction with you and then expecting them to kind of, like, have your back in a in a combat scenario. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I shut him down with uh, the renegade option. He, like, stood up straighter. You saw the military kick in a little bit more. And then that made me feel safe again. So I really like that they did that. And I don't want to divert. I love the cat. <laughs> I <know. laughs> There's always cats. She is aggressively demanding attention right now. And she's very rarely like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like Maya. Jim's cat. <laughs> always aggressively demanding attention. It's like I had my cat in my lap, but he's kind of fat. So he went on the floor to hang out with the fun. We need baby um, cam where it's just like you have the yeah. face cam and then you have the baby cam, which is just yeah. showing the cats. Um, yeah, my my bromance is um, not at all Mass Effect. <laughs> I'm sorry. You said any game. So I was like, I'm going to take the take a think on that one. And I didn't think that long or that hard because I ended up on a game I just recently finished playing. <laughs> But I thought about it and I was like, let's, what, what's a bromance? Like, what's, a, what's the definition of a bromance? And it's categorized like a romance, but it's platonic, but usually between two men, right? And it's also in the fact that re- relating to romance is a dominating relationship in your life. Like your lives are entangled, right? Ideally, you have someone where you have like healthy arguing, you complement each other's weaknesses, combine strengths. So the obvious choice to me was Nathan Drake and Victor Sullivan from Uncharted, which I also like them as a bromance because even though some people think of them as a father-son relationship, and that was true when Nate was younger, but when Nate becomes an adult, they're much more equals and they play off each other really well. And I also really like how their ship transcends generations because I don't think we see that enough. Sully is older he's like in his 50s and nate is in his 30s in the, the most of the, the uncharted series they they complement each other really well so for nate's brashness sully is level-headed and for sully's indecisiveness nate is decisive and they always have each other's back like sully always swoops in to save the day he's always because he's the pilot so he's always flying in to pick you up when you're shooting pirates or something and pretty much every single game nate thinks Sully died 
and then he just goes on the warpath to avenge him and then you find out Sully didn't actually die and he's like oh yeah Sully's back <laughs> that's like every single game that happens and I love their banter together like Naughty Dog the studio they always have such great believable characters that feel like real people and it's no different with Sully and Nate so I think they're I don't, I'm not going to say they're the best bromance because obviously the ones you listed are amazing too. But yeah, no, I really like their bromance. I thought it was great. I, If you haven't played Uncharted, everyone play Uncharted. Like, what are you doing? So I think I've seen bits and pieces of this. Um, I didn't know who your picks were going to be or else I would have researched earlier today. But the I like it when you can see a relationship dynamic where there is healthy arguing and there is, um, it's not always, things are always going great. Having a relationship where you can have great discussions, you can talk about previous life experiences together, um, I can learn from you, or you can learn from me because I've been through something, and then the healthy debate is good in, in any kind of relationship. I think that's like an important part of a true friendship too, is like honesty and trust. And when you can argue with someone like that, like Nate and Sully, there's so many times in the games where, you know, Nate's like, let's go after the treasure. And Sully's like, wait, hold on, bro. Like, um, we might die doing this. And then they have an argument about what's worth the price of getting this treasure or going after this or that. And the fact that they're able to lay things out really plainly like that to each other, that's to me, it's like a good model for a true friendship like that, because you should um, confront your friends. Like if they're doing self-destructive behaviors or something, you should have that safety net of people around you that will do that. And that's why I think bromances are so important to show out of any other platonic relationship. Because like women, not to go too binary with things, but you know, in this country, like women typically have a much easier time having platonic relationships with affectionate touches and stuff than men do. And I just think Sully and Nate, great example, even across generations, like I said, it's because it's I've have friends like my next door neighbor is elderly. We hang out all the time. I have lots of friends that are not in my generation at all. And I think that's something that should be shown more too. But also just like men should have more models about what it looks like to have a true friend like that. Like they hug, they hold hands. They, it's it's cute. I love it. I know that should happen more often. We need that. We're humans. I think you're going to start seeing it more because as a teacher that has high school students, male like teenage guys are so much more open now than they ever were before than my generation. Like, And I think you will start seeing it more. It's just going to take a minute. That, I like hearing that. There was, total tangent, there was a Try Guys video about maybe... God, 10 years ago or something like that, where it was titled, What If Guys Acted the Same Way Women Do? And it was a video of exactly how me and my best friend would interact with each other. You know, if we were hanging out on the couch, we'd both be cuddling up, cuddled up under the same blanket watching TV. Or we would be trying on clothes together and like throwing this shirt off and, you know, grabbing that pair of pants from over there and being completely fine with, you know, being in different states of undress together. Um, And then, you know, like just falling asleep kind of just cuddled together but they did it as men and the whole thing was the shock value of you know two straight men lying in a bed together oh mind blown and it's just like no but why like why can't they be like that 
it should be like that. They are that way on a Navy submarine, according to my husband. <laughs> he was Little Spoon a lot. They call it hot racking. That's when someone sleeps in the rack. And then when they get up to do their shift, someone goes in to sleep in the same one. And so it never gets a chance to cool off with the hot rack. <laughs> but Or they sometimes have to share them because it's a submarine. Like It's always a joke in the Navy that everyone on a sub is gay, but that's not the case. Like, I don't know. I, I've witnessed a lot of that in the military, too. For as many stereotypes as there are for, like, toxic military masculine bros, there's also, like, guys who will just hold hands and hug and joke around. And I like that. Yeah. That needs to be more often. Do you guys have bromances, the two bros here? I don't have a male friend that I do that with, but right now a lot of my friends are female friends because a lot of my male friends have just moved other places. So a lot of my friends are females or they're my girlfriend's friends who are all females, uh, but but I'm not like, it's just a different world. Like 30, 30 years ago, I couldn't have talked about things the way I can now, being that I've changed. Like 30 years ago, I couldn't. I couldn't have a conversation about guys and be like, yeah, that's a good looking man. And that's a man crush right there. Like now, I don't talk about that. I don't, I'll talk about guys as much as I'll talk about like how hot a guy is as much as I'll talk about how hot a woman is. It's just, it doesn't even matter. Like, like I said, teenage guys like that are much more like that now than they were before where there's like, Hey, yeah, I'm straight, but that's a beautiful man right there. You know? So in that sense, yes, I do not have a male friend that I'm holding hands with, or but I'll, I've got male friends that I'll hug, but holding hands, no, I do not currently have a male friend that I'm holding hands with. I don't want to get I don't want to get too scandalous on this show, but I'm going to give a hug right now <laughs> through the webcam to Apollo. <laughs> two two men are hugging, <laughs> scandalous. Love it. No, I I, I have uh, a lot of my my guy friendships or i i don't know maybe it's just because i i'm 25 like i'm i guess a little bit younger i we don't really have that kind of barrier between us i guess you could say i as soon as i see a guy friend of mine we give each other a hug as soon as we're about to leave we give each other a hug you know what i mean there's been many times where we'll after a few too many after a few too many uh sours you know we'll we'll fall asleep in the same bed and whatnot and then I, you know, have sex with all of them. So it's a great time. Ah, you made Jen. Ow. Like, <laughs> did it come out your nose? No. Like a drink? Honey, I know how to swallow. It's fine. I just needed a second. Um, oh, geez, Rick. <laughs> nope. I can, mm. I can follow that up with a ridiculously good tangent story about two of my guy friends, though. And I'll make it quick because I can make this a 20-minute story. I'll make it one minute. Me and, me and a friend of mine went to Miami to visit another friend of mine. So we go out one night. We're out and stuff never closes in Miami. At like four o'clock in the morning after we've been drinking since like eight. I'm like, I got to go to bed. So I go back to the house and crash. We had like a little, a tiny little house. There was a blow up mattress on the floor. So one of us could sleep in and the other ones would crash on the couch. I, I felt I passed out on the couch. I wake up, I don't know, like two o'clock in the afternoon. One friend is on the air mattress fully closed glasses on shoes on everything my other friend is laying there butt ass naked i'm like okay i'm going back to bed and i just fell back asleep but it was my i guess the naked friend gone to bed in his bedroom and came out to use the bathroom and tripped over my other friend and was like and then just passed out and i was like yeah i'm going back to bed that's amazing oh my gosh 
I figured that was that. I was like, that's that's the guy that just sleeps naked normally, and there wasn't anything. He just thought he was in his room. I'm that guy. Not not to actually keep us on track or anything, but uh, Sunrise Parabellum in chat said, um, why do they have to be called bromances? Why can't it just be friendship? And um, I, I guess, I mean, just like cultural parlance or whatever, bromance is like a like slang term or whatever for, I guess, a platonic friendship of that nature. But I wanted to touch on something that you said earlier, uh, Genesis, which was like, or maybe it was Vervada, I can't remember. There are not enough platonic friendships in media like i feel like as soon as two characters get close in a piece of fiction they're set up to be like the romance you know what i mean um one notable i guess example of this is i don't know if you guys watched the show arcane the um Mm -hmm. league of legends show that was on netflix there's these these two characters that are you know the whole season they're kind of getting closer and stuff and i'm like oh my God, are they about to actually have a friendship that they're very close and they hug and like all this stuff and have it not turn into a romance? And then at the end, at the, not to, you know, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't watched our game, but towards the end of the season, they have a moment where it's like, oh no, they're doing the thing. They're, they're setting it up to be a romance in season two and stuff. And it's just like, man, I, I really enjoy when, when you get that nice, uh, you know, uh, what's the word, I guess, like uh, touchy feely kind of like, you know, platonic friendship. I, I want more of that in my media. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, when I focus on bromance, because to me, and when I, I looked up just bromance in general before, cause I, so I had the right idea, but yeah, it is specifically for, you know, two cishet men having a friendship like that, like a deep friendship, not just a casual like oh yeah i know that guy or like i know his middle name and his birthday like it's more than that you know that's why the characteristic of it is like it is like a romance and that it's a defining relationship of your life they take up a lot of your time they take up a lot of your thoughts but there there's no sexual feelings at all in there and that's i i like i think for me the reason i focus on bromance because the topic wasn't just bromance it was any platonic relationship but i focus on that just because there's not many i looked at a few lists of bromances and games garrison shepherd and nate and sully were like and um dom and what's his name from gears war those Phoenix. are the three that appeared on every list like mm-hmm. because that's all there is really in the games and it's specifically male shep and garris right um if if he doesn't die you better have a loyal garris i guess <laughs> but you know so it doesn't have to be a bromance. Like we need more platonic friendships, period. I would like to see more platonic friendships between like anybody who could theoretically be sexually attracted to one another, but aren't like straight women and straight men, for instance. I hate that trope of like, oh no, you can't be friends with a boy because they just want to have sex with you or vice it's versa. The stupidest thing that has become yeah. like this cultural trend, especially in media of like, if there's a straight man on screen and a straight woman at the same time, they, they better it. bang. You know yeah, what I like, mean? Exactly. It's ridiculous. Um, most of like, I mean, I I guess it's probably from also my military background, just because the military is mostly men. But I have plenty of platonic male friends from the military, mm-hmm. and I it's everyone. I'm pretty sure everyone has at least one platonic friendship of the opposite gender or sex or a different 
orientation, gender identity from you that, you know, theoretically you could date, you could, you are attracted to that person theoretically, but you're not, you're not <laughs> like, you're just friends with them. And it just, it just bums me out. It's the same thing with like anybody LGBTQIA. They're like, oh, well, you, you're both lesbians. So obviously you must love each other, right? No, no, no. No, that's not how it works. Are you attracted to every man you see? If, if that's your flavor, that's not how it works for anybody. In that and way, just... not only does it feel outdated, it just feels hugely unrealistic. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like there's this guy in this movie and he's got no women friends. What? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Like we, there's so many people in the world. Like you just, even at work, like you can't have a job or go to school without being forced in some school project or the team you're on at work to have someone that you kind of get to know as a friend, right? And then they end up going, oh, that's your work wife or that's your work husband. Like, that's so stupid. Like, mm. can't we just be friends? Unless you're polyamorous or in, you know, a poly relationship, you probably, if you're with anybody, you're just with one person and the rest of the people in your life are just your friends, right? Mm. Why can't we reflect that with our video games and our TV shows and our books and all that? Some of my best friends, some of my closest relate, friendship relationships have been platonic with females in my life. Like my biggest heartbreak in high school wasn't a girlfriend. It was when like my best friend who was a girl moved away. Like that was my biggest heartbreak. And then like throughout my early 20s, my best friend was a was a female. Like we would sleep in the same bed, watch TV, cuddle, stuff like that. And it never, neither one of us ever wanted anything sexual from it. And that was not like that was really, really nice because... Because it kind of like I, it kind of goes back to where I talked about Liara. And I think that's why she's my favorite. Is that there's an intimacy there that a platonic intimacy isn't something you get with a lot of people. And I just I like that. Like it, it was really really nice having female platonic friends like that. Yeah, we need those kind of touches in our life. Like we are social animals. And so many people, the only time they're touched affectionately is either by their lover or maybe their parent still, or maybe if they have a child, they get a hug from a kid. But like, and those all fill needs, but we have way more need for affection and touch. Like, And I think that's like to the larger problem of how, you know, cishet men in this country have hardly, stereotypically speaking, have hardly any outlet for feelings. Like they're just either they can punch walls or they can have sex with a woman, but those are the only times they're touching another human being. Like that's not how we're supposed to be like at all. <laughs> so, I mean, that goes for everyone. We all should just normalize holding hands or it, it shouldn't be weird. I don't know. We get so much dopamine from that soapbox rant. <laughs> it's also probably heated for me because it's like, we're, what is this year two, almost three of the pandemic? Like we're all not getting enough socialization anyway. So yeah. I miss that. This is such a, a dumb brain take or, or thought, but I, I've always just been like, in a lot of situations like this, I'm always just like, man, we live in 2022. We live in what ostensibly like, you know, to the nineties was like the future. We should be past a lot of this stupid shit. You know what I mean? Like it's, we should, this, this shit should have been solved 10 years ago. You know? Shanko, you've been really quiet this whole time. <laughs> I just don't really have that much to add because everyone else has been hitting the nail on the head. Okay. I suppose like I do, I do think that relationships between like males and females needs to be way more normalized. Because a couple of years ago, um, I used to I used to box and do MMA, 
And I was one of two girls at that gym. One of the girls was dating one of the guys that went there. And then I was the only one that wasn't dating someone within the gym. And the thing that I would constantly hear was, oh, well, you know, so-and-so from your gym is single. You should be dating. And I'm like, I literally punch him in the face and roll around all sweaty on the floor with him and everyone else at that gym. That is the furthest thing from my mind when I am training. They're literally like my bros and my friends. And we socialize and interact with one another by rolling around on the floor and trying to kill each other so yeah because i a lot a majority of my friends are male and uh, that's just the way that it's always been my whole life and so i could never really i mm, sorry my brain just went to like a could you actually imagine yourself sleeping with any of them and i was just like mm, no 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 and no Mm-mm. no when I was in the Navy, we were both stationed in Hawaii. My husband, who was not my husband at the time, we were just dating, but he was deployed on yet another submarine and I was shore duty. And my friend and her husband, who was also my friend that I worked with, we would work out together, like sometimes without his wife, who was also my friend, because she was like, they both were also CrossFit coaches after work. And she's like, I don't want to work out for a third time today. So no, thank you. But we would work out together. And so many people were like, isn't that weird? My husband, when he came back from that sub deployment, he's like, all the guys were like, she's cheating on you with that guy. Nope. Like We literally just go to the park because we lived in the same neighborhood, go to the park in our neighborhood and work out together. That was it. Like we didn't even touch, but like it was just fun working out with someone else. And like he was genuinely my friend. And I, it, I don't know, it bothered me that people thought that because first of all, I've never cheated on anybody. And secondly, he was just my friend and I don't like people trying to force people together like that. It makes it feel icky. Like you're not allowed to hang out anymore. Yeah. I went to a strip club the other night and didn't sleep with anybody. Let's go. <laughs> Let's <Yay>. go. <laughs> now that's been, been a minute. Club. COVID kind of knocked those out. Yeah. Good luck getting the glitter out of your clothes. No, I can tangent for a whole I haven't been anywhere that has that. glitter in years, and we still find glitter. And I, we don't know where the hell it's coming from. Like, it has been years since either me or my girlfriend has been around glitter, but there will still be glitter in my hair or hair. It's like, where does this crap come from? I don't know. I don't have glitter in my house at all. And the other day I found glitter on my kid's face. I'm like, what the heck? We don't go anywhere. We don't have anything with glitter. Where did you find that? Just teleports into our plane of existence. This is uh, this is completely unrelated to anything that we've talked about. But um, to Jen and Vervada, do you do either of you have any plans to, uh, or have you played um, Detroit Become Human? It is on my list. So I'm not going to claim that I played it, but I watched Markiplier play it. The entire Markiplier thing. did a because playthrough I, of Detroit Become Human. Or was it? No, no, no. I'm sorry. It was Jacksepticeye. Because he, I remember him okay. saying, Connor, my baby boy, all the time. And I actually named my gecko Connor because of that game. Amazing. Um, I didn't have a PlayStation at the time. I, I've been meaning to get it, but then I've been playing everything else on my PlayStation. Uh, so, well, yeah, I, no, wait... I, I, I have seen the whole game, though, and that game is amazing. I wait for the, for the, uh, for the North episode uh, with bated breath, if that's, if that's on the docket anywhere. Um, I mean, we haven't completely planned out 2023 yet, so it's probably not going to be till then. But yeah, I I have plans for that game. We have plans. I obviously want to do Uncharted, Assassin's Creed, 
Oh, we want to do Fallout 4. Their bromances are not super fleshed out, but they do have them, so I want to talk about that. Um, what? Okay. Obviously, what more Detroit. Dragon Age. Yeah, Detroit Become Human. Isn't Detroit I one loved... of the free games that comes with the PS5? I don't I think know. It's in the My PS5. Game Call of Duty Vanguard, and I uh, I sold that because I don't care. I've played no, so no, many no. Call of Duty. In the library, like when you get to PS5, oh. in the in the ps5 library like it comes with some games like that are just automatically free they're always in your library i think detroit is one of those i'm gonna have to look at that maybe i just started and tried it over again but if that's the case i'm gonna play Detroit become human i love that was another bromance i considered actually depending on how you play the game um with connor and hank like they're oh my god i would watch a show about them doing crimes and and solving (laughs) crime like their bromance if you're nice oh. and like try to you know deviant more um as connor oh i love it so much yeah two best. of my two of my honorable mentions here on this list were connor and hank and then uh also marcus and carl uh from sort of like the beginning of the game um not necessarily a bromance but just that relationship is just adorable just heartbreaking and adorable it's like almost this father-son type relationship and it's, it's just so beautiful who were those two? Yeah. I played that right when it came out, so I'm not remembering all these characters. Who are Marcus? So Marcus is the one, I guess, kind of what you would consider maybe like the main character of the game. Um, he's got the, what is it called? Heterochromia. Uh, he's got two different colored pupils. It's like the leader of the rebel androids. Mm-hmm. And then like Carl the is Jesus. Carl is his owner at the beginning of the game that you kind of like are more or less a servant for. So I don't know, maybe it's kind of dark in that way, but like he just like treats his Android so much better than any other character in the game does. And it's, it's pretty beautiful. Who were the other people that you had on your list, Jenko? Most of them are Mass Effect, but one of them that I thought about was Ezio and Yusuf Tazim in Assassin's Creed Revelations. Okay. Cause they just had a really fun dynamic and then yeah, you know, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything. The game's like, what, 10 years old at this point? But oh, um, here's your fucking spoiler alert. <laughs> like he dies and Ezio goes fucking nuts. <laughs> but just, you know, that he's there. They have a really great banter, you know, like uh, Yusuf kind of makes fun of Ezio's weird Italian name. And uh, Ezio's just innocently trying to explain how titles work. <laughs> he doesn't get it. I also mentioned Commander Bailey. Because I, male, female, shepherd doesn't really matter. I go talk to Bailey every time I'm on the Citadel. Hmm. Okay. I always liked his voice. I feel like he has like a very Canadian accent. His voice is so dad. That and he's he a, a yeah. voice. He was one of the um, officers in the Battlestar Galactica remake that came like. So, oh, and you mo- probably went. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. As soon as I heard the voice, I knew I knew the voice, and then I was like, "But wait, Trisha Heffler's in here too." So that's two Battlestar Galactica people interacting again. So thought that was interesting. Uh, but I think there was one other romance that we needed to mention really quick, or else I might get stabbed. Meiji, can you tell me who's behind your head? Oh yeah. So behind my head, uh, of course, we have uh, to the right. We've got. Um, Italian Shepherd, signed by Mark Muir and Ash Soroka. But in the middle here, we've got a little fella known as Kim Kitsuragi, which in uh, the game Disco Elysium is a um, 
just the absolute best boy, but then also a potential, or a, excuse me, a potential romanceable uh, character. If you haven't played Disco Elysium, and I know there's some of you out there that haven't, you gotta play it. It's one of the best games of all time. Yeah, I told you, Major. I have that Three from Hell poster. Did you did you go to the we to the to theater? It. We went uh, to it on the opening night so we could get the poster. Let's go, dude! I it loved, was, loved it. I loved it. it I, was, I thought it was okay, but it was I okay. Mean. Nothing's gonna be the first <laughs> one, but I just I noticed that poster. I was like, that poster is hanging on my refrigerator right now. <laughs> What's so the poster from? Uh, it's, uh, it's, House of a Thousand Corpses, the third movie. It's, I don't know if you, it's a Rob House of a Thousand Corpses. It's a Rob Zombie movie. Chris Hardwick oh. is in it. Rain Wilson is in it. It's so good. If you like that kind of weird horror kind of movie, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I Not do plan that. on playing Disco. I will. But I have so many games that I ha- like. I have to get through some other ones first, um, specifically because I know that Disco isn't going to happen until twenty three. Like, so I have to get through the games that we're going to talk about this year before I can get to the games that we're going to talk about next year. But yes, yeah. Let alone the interviews we have two in a row tomorrow. Yeah, so Ooh. look we, forward to that. Back to back interviews with some really awesome people. So, yeah, I think we should probably wrap it up for the night. Unless we have any final thoughts on anybody that we've talked about? I'll no? just say, I grew, Vega grew on me. I, did, I hated Vega the first time through. Didn't interact with them much. Didn't take him anywhere. And then every time I played through, I was like, you know what? I like this guy now. So I do like Vega Boy, we, as well. We really vega it up this episode. <laughs> but let's go quickly back around the room and see if there's anything that you want to share or shout out. Um, and how people can reach you. Uh, Shanko, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, on the Discord almost every day. Uh, Commander Shanko, you can find me there. Not really super active on other platforms. I have an Instagram that I use sometimes. I'm GreekFire2012 on Instagram if anyone cares to see loads of pictures of my horse. That's pretty much all I post on my Instagram, really. It really should just be a fan page for my horse. Apollo? I'm Apollo on the Discord. I just want to say that my PS5 that broke one week after Forbidden West came out is supposed to be back tomorrow so I can finally jump back into the game and play it. I'm so behind on all these games. It's been four weeks. I'm happy to finally be getting my baby back. I'd be throwing controllers and flipping an absolute bitch if somebody took a brand new video game away from me for a full month. Oh my god. I was devastated. I was saying, like, I would have, I would have been less devastated if my car had broken. <laughs> I bought a fan after you said that yours over here. I have it on my PS5 now, and I finished um, Forbidden West, so I can't wait for you to finish it because it was so good. <laughs> Meiji. Yeah, my name is Meiji Moose. I do stuff on Twitch occasionally and do some YouTube stuff every now and again as well. You can go to twitch.tv slash Meiji Moose and go to YouTube and look up Meiji Moose. You guys know how to do that. Twitter.com slash Meiji Moose to watch me tweet about how shitty I think Elden Ring is, even though I've never played it. And um, <laughs> uh, if you guys if you guys like Mass Effect content, I have a couple videos on that on the uh, on the YouTube. So check those out. I um, actually speaking of Horizon Forbidden West, 
we are continuing our uh, live stream series of Horizon Forbidden West. So check that out. I love you all. Thank you guys so much for having us on, by the way. And uh, yeah. If you want to join us on next month's chat, you can become a Patreon by going directly to patreon.com slash two girls one ship and look us up in the explicit content section. And if you like what you're hearing, please be sure to leave a review and subscribe. You can find us in our two girls one ship chat on the Robots Radio Discord channel and come give us a follow on all the social medias at two girls one ship. Links to those are in the description. And don't forget that we will be live streaming each recording of the episodes on Twitch and YouTube at Two Girls One Ship every Friday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time, and releasing the podcast episodes on Monday. Thanks for listening, and remember, beauty is in the eye of the controller. Hi, I'm Aaron. And I'm Ariel. And we're the hosts of the Legend of Zelda Lorecast, a podcast about all things Legend of Zelda, from Errol to Zora, and all the fun things in between. If you're ready to dive deep and learn more about the Legend of Zelda lore and everything surrounding it, come join us on Legend of Zelda Lorecast. You can find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We hope to see you soon. <laughs>